0: Hi, this is Eric Luty for the Daily Thunder Podcast. If you are enjoying these messages and want to take these truths even deeper, I invite you to join us in Windsor, Colorado at Ellerslie for one of our upcoming five-week or week-long discipleship training programs. Ellerslie's discipleship training has been designed to ignite your spiritual fire and to give you the tools for a Christianity that really works. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit Ellerslie.com.
1: Welcome back to our second session in our Daily Thunder series on the Brave Hearted Woman. Now, as a review in the last episode, we talked about the qualities of a brave hearted woman, a woman of valor, as it talks about in Proverbs 31, and how this kind of valor and valiance is the exact same word used to describe King David when he conquered Goliath and did these mighty exploits in the power of God. So it's very obvious that rising up to that standard of godly womanhood is totally impossible in our own strength. But when we get out of the way and we yield and surrender to the power of God— it is a supernatural strength that is meant to flow through our lives. When we t- start talking about brave hearted womanhood and rising up to meet the challenges in the power of God, the challenges that we face on a daily basis, sprinting toward the battle the way that David sprinted toward Goliath, he went right into the face of the greatest danger, his greatest threat. Instead of retreating, he went straight towards it. And that is what we are called to do with all of the different battles that God has challenged us to rise up and go after in his strength and not our own. A lot of times people have asked me, when I cast this vision of Bravehearted Womanhood, is it possible to be a woman of valor, a bravehearted woman, if you're just an ordinary, everyday person and you're not necessarily a missionary or doing some big, epic job or some incredible ministry or missions work, can you still live out this amazing, courageous, heroic version of Christianity? And the answer is yes, because it's not just about doing something big. It's simply about getting out of the way so that the power, the courage, the strength of God can flow through our lives and so you can be a homemaker, you can be raising young children, you can be a college student you can be an employee at a secular very mundane job and still live out this epic calling of brave-hearted womanhood when you allow the power of God to work through you and it's just about taking one step of obedience at a time. It's not about setting your sights on some big goal and saying I'm going to go and do this big thing for God it's saying okay Lord every day I'm available to you in what way can I showcase your glory? In what way can I say no to self, no to the easy path, and yes to the narrow way, yes to the way that brings you the most glory? And those steps of obedience, those steps of willingness of saying, Lord, work in and through me, I can't, but you can. That's what leads to that lifetime of living out brave-hearted womanhood. So in this session, we are going to go into the first of four qualities of a brave-hearted woman. And we're going to go through four biblical aspects of what make a truly Christ-centered, brave-hearted, courageous woman. And the first one is really the secret that leads to true joy and peace and fulfillment. It's how to find what everybody else in the entire world is searching for. So hopefully I piqued your interest. And it's simply to become fulfilled in Christ. Where he fulfills us, he is our all in all, he meets The deepest needs of our heart, soul, mind. He is the one that we look towards and look to to satisfy us at the deepest level of our soul. It says in the Psalms, He satisfies the longing soul. And as women, this is actually a big struggle. We are so tempted to look to things outside of Jesus Christ to find our joy, our peace, our fulfillment, and our satisfaction, whether it's a relationship, or a career, or popularity, or friendships, or a hobby, or something we're good at. We so often put our hope in all of those things rather than in Jesus Christ alone, and yet what we find is that those things can only bring a temporary source of fulfillment. When we look to other things to meet needs in our heart that only Jesus can meet, we will end up disappointed and unfulfilled. And really, this is such a key quality for brave hearted womanhood because, as we talked about examples from Christian history in the last episode Mary Slessor and Gladys Elward, and there are countless others, people who went into these horribly dangerous situations with incredible courage and incredible resolve and put all self-protection aside. You can only do that when you've already laid down your life, when your hope and your fulfillment is in Christ alone and you're not clinging to your own life and your own agenda to bring you peace and joy and hope and fulfillment. And your attitude is, my life is no longer my own. I've been bought with a price. And even if I lose my life for the glory of God, I'm ushered into his presence. I have nothing to lose. That is what it means to be fulfilled in Christ. I love this quote by Elizabeth Elliot. The world looks for happiness through self-assertion. The Christian knows that joy is found in self-abandonment. If a man will let himself be lost for my sake, Jesus said, he will find his true self. That phrase, true self, is something that we hear so much about in modern culture and in Christianity. Tap into your true self, be your true self, discover your true self. And so often when we're trying to find our true self, we're taking personality tests and we're trying to figure out what we want out of life and what makes us tick and what makes us happy. But the biblical way to find your true self is to lose yourself, self-abandonment, lose yourself in Jesus Christ for his sake. If a man's If a man will let himself be lost for my sake, Jesus says, or if a woman will let herself be lost for my sake, she will find her true self. So like I said, we are often so preoccupied preoccupied with seeking fulfillment and happiness outside of Christ. There are a lot of false solutions that are promised by our culture to give us happiness and fulfillment. It might be this message that says, find out who you are and just be you. That will bring you true fulfillment if you can just be you or don't lose your sense of self or it's all about self-expression and self-fulfillment or follow your heart and fulfill your destiny. Now those pursuits promise true fulfillment, but they only lead to a self-focused and empty life. Colossians 3:3 says, "For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God." And hidden there means to conceal and to escape notice. Now that is such an opposite mindset from our culture today. We talked in the last episode about the counterfeit versions of bravehearted womanhood that we see in our culture, and so much of that is based on showcasing self. Look at me, look what I can do, look what I've accomplished, let my voice be heard. Now that is the opposite of what we're seeing here in Colossians, which is to conceal and to escape notice, to get out of the way, to showcase the glory of God. So instead of fighting for our own rights, God asks us to let go of them. Here is a key truth. Christ's amazing work on the, pro- on the cross did not set you free to be you or to follow your heart, as so many modern voices tell us. Rather, he gave his life to set you free from yourself so that you no longer need to be controlled by your selfish and fleshly whims. Because of his work on the cross, You are now free to be completely and wholly his. So catch that. He didn't set us free to be ourselves. He set us free from ourselves so that we can be completely his. That is where true fulfillment comes from. I've often told the story in so many of my messages about a pastor who who was persecuted for his faith in a foreign country. He was eventually captured, put into solitary confinement for a year. He had nothing. He had nothing of comfort. He was in this little cubicle, kept completely in the dark, no ability to talk to anyone else. The kind of situation that I think a lot of us would look at and say that would, that would drive me crazy. I would lose my mind. But when he got out of solitary confinement, His face was radiant. His face was glowing. And people asked him what it was like to be alone by himself in the dark for an entire year. And he said it was like a honeymoon with Jesus. It was so fulfilling. A year just in his presence. I would love to go back and do it again. It was a beautiful time for me, just sitting in the presence of God and being completely fulfilled by him. I was so challenged when I heard that story. If everything else were stripped out of my life, every form of fulfillment, every form of comfort, of human companionship, would Jesus Christ be enough to not only satisfy me, but cause me to thrive at the deepest level of my soul? That is what this pastor discovered, and that is what it means to make Jesus Christ our all-in-all. And I've shared the story before many times of two young girls in China when they, were, when they had given their lives to Christ. They were kicked out of their homes. They were in a communist village, and nobody wanted to hear about Christianity. Their families wanted nothing to do with them. So they were just on their own, going on foot from village to village, sharing the hope and the love and the light of Jesus Christ. They had nothing. They had lost everything, but they had also gained everything because people came up to them on the street and just looked at their faces and said, why are your faces so shiny? Whatever it is that you have inside of you, I want it too. So here again, another story of someone who had lost everything that the world says, this is what brings you happiness, but they had gained what brings true fulfillment, and that is Jesus Christ. So when God shapes us into a brave hearted woman, we gain a simple and singular focus, and that focus is Jesus Christ. We no longer are obsessed with whether others notice us or approve us, or esteem us because our greatest fulfillment and delight comes from obeying our shepherd and showcasing his glory to the world. Now that is what you'll find at the core of the women throughout history who have demonstrated that kind of bravehearted womanhood. We've touched on Mary Sluster and Gladys Sower, there are many, many others. I want to share with you a few practical steps for this quality of being fulfilled in Christ because the name of this session is a fulfilled woman and there's only one way to be a fulfilled woman and that is to make Jesus Christ your all in all. Even if you achieved everything this world could ever offer you, the pinnacle of success and wealth and comforts and relationships, as it says in Ecclesiastes, Solomon achieved all of that and he said, all of this is vanity Everything outside of Jesus Christ's vanity. So, one key phrase is this don't just fit Christ into your life, build your life around him. This was a transitional point in my life when God first spoke those words to me. I was really wondering why my Christian life was not working, why I knew all the right things and believed all the right things, and yet I wasn't living in joy and peace and victory, and that was the phrase that was spoken to my heart as I prayed about it. Don't just fit me into your life, Build your life around me. And as I took a step back and I started to look at my daily life, I recognized I wasn't building my life around Christ. I wasn't spending the best hours of my day in, in his presence. I was just fitting him in when it was convenient for me. Well, I have this test coming up. I need to pray or, you know, now it's time to go to church. But I wasn't walking through my day with him. I wasn't building my existence around him and cultivating his mind and his thoughts and his priorities in my life. Another key practical is to say no to other activities to make him your highest priority. A lot of us feel like we don't have time to build our lives around Christ because our lives are filled with a lot of other responsibilities. We have families, we have jobs, we have school, whatever it might be. Are we willing to take a step back and look at our daily life and say, am I— is there anything I can say no to so I can say yes to time to cultivate my relationship with Jesus Christ? Think about the time that you spend on social media or mindless surfing of the internet. You know, a lot of us think, well, I don't have time to spend in the presence of of Christ every day. I don't have time to go to his word and pray and pour out my heart to him and build a strong relationship with him. But are we willing to, to look at social media and say, well, how many hours a day or a week are we spending on social media? Can we pull back from that to say yes to the presence of God, time in his presence, or mindless entertainment, vegging in front of the entertainment of this world, or other things that don't really have eternal value but we just don't consider giving them up because they're completely normal in this culture, we can find everything we need at the feet of Jesus if we're just willing to say, I'm going to put this aside for a while so that I can make him truly a priority in my life. And even if you're a mom with young kids, this is this is a lesson I learned when my kids were all very young. I had four children under the age of five. I was in full-time ministry, and I didn't feel like I had time to cultivate my relationship with Christ and find my fulfillment in him and build my life around him. But I heard a mom say, another mom who had like six children, she said, I'm too busy not to pray. And it completely changed my life because I had been saying I'm too busy to pray, I'm too busy to pray, I'm too busy to pray. Here was a woman who had it straight because she said, I'm too busy not to. And I recognized, that's right. I'm making all these excuses thinking I'm too busy, but that is where I need to go, the feet of Jesus, to gain the strength for all of these battles that he's called me to fight. If we don't cultivate our relationship with Christ, then we're trying to sprint toward the battle in our own strength, with our own resources, and that is how we become exhausted and burned out. Another practical is don't just read books about him. Or Christian books that are out there, blogs and all the Christian material that's out there. Th- those things can be okay, but a lot of times that becomes our only source of spiritual fuel. What I have found is we need to dig deep into his word, study his word, make his word our lifeline, and learn how to delight in his word. Any other material that we read should be an accent to where we're going in the word of God, how we're gaining our true spiritual fuel and wisdom and understanding from first and foremost from the word of God, and learning how to take delight in the word of god his word is meant to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and there is no problem that we will ever face in this life that we cannot find an answer for in the word of god if we just seek it out and search for it as a w tozer said the man or maybe the woman who would know god must spend time with him must spend time in his word and in his presence When I finally chose to make Jesus Christ my all in all, to build my life around him, to remove other distractions from my life so that I could say yes to sitting at his feet every day and making him my highest priority, it completely changed my life and I found that I was actually truly fulfilled in Jesus. I think most of us hear that concept of being fulfilled in Christ, but we don't actually live it out. We don't believe it to be actually true. When I made this choice in my life, I was a single woman and I had put a lot of a lot of expectation on the time in my life when I would finally be married. I thought if I could just find Prince Charming right off into the sunset, move on to that next season of my life, I'll be happy. When I began to actually find my fulfillment in Christ and make my time with him a priority every single day, I no longer craved marriage or that, you know, that next season of my life to bring happiness into my life. I had everything that I needed in Jesus Christ. It didn't mean that the desire to be married someday left. It just meant I was actually truly content in him. And even if he asked me to be single for the next few years or for the rest of my life, I knew I had everything that I needed in him. And that was such an important place for me to come to prior to getting married. Because I think a lot of times as women, when we're single, we put all of our hopes and expectations into that time when we'll be married. And then we finally get married. And when our husband turns out to be human and not exactly like the Prince Charming that we read about in our fairy tales all growing up, we get frustrated and we become unfulfilled. And again, it's that pitfall of delayed happiness. So if you're single, you're often thinking, I'll be happy when I finally get married. If you're married, you're often thinking, I'll be happy when my husband finally changes and becomes perfect. And meets my every need and becomes perfectly sensitive to me all the time, which, of course, we know is probably never going to happen this side of heaven and we end up unfulfilled in either situation. We need to learn how to make Christ our all in all, whether we're married, whether we're single, whatever season of life we're in. That is the only way to truly be fulfilled. And if we take this attitude into marriage that says, my husband has to be perfect, otherwise I can't be happy, what we're doing is we're putting expectations on a human to meet needs in our heart that only Christ can meet. Marriage, godly marriage, can bring great happiness and joy into our lives, but it has to be an outflow of a much more important relationship, and that's the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. So be sure that you take a season of your life, whether you're single or married, and you really understand what it means to find your fulfillment in him. And once you gain that vision, once he becomes truly your all-in-all and begins to satisfy the deepest longings and needs of your heart and soul, then you can carry that mentality into whatever he's called you to, whether it's singleness or marriage or missions or ministry or a job, and you find your fulfillment fulfillment in him, not in all these other things. A few practical things that I wanted to share with you. How do I cultivate fulfillment in Christ for me as a ministry leader and a mother of six? This is a question a lot of people ask me because I talk about this a lot. How do you cultivate that kind of Christ-focused life and spending time with him with all that you have on your plate? I will tell you that it's not always about sitting down for a three-hour block of time uninterrupted to pray and study the Bible. But it's changing my mentality as I go through daily life, thinking, okay, I'm not going to just do mindless activities whenever I have a free moment. I'm going to use those moments in my day, those moments in my evening— to be focused on eternal things, on spiritual growth. So I have learned to listen to audio scripture as I go about daily tasks, as I drive in my car, listen to Christian biographies, audio versions of Christian biographies that really inspire me and help me go deeper, to make prayer a priority. And that requires a certain amount of discipline in daily life to say no to things that I know are going to distract me so that I can say yes to prayer and sitting at the feet of Jesus, even if it's shorter segments of time spread throughout the whole entire day, whenever I have a window making that a priority. And really deciding that I'm going to walk through every day with Jesus and not put him on the back burner. I also love to read powerful Christian devotionals like Oswald Chambers, My Atmosphere is Highest, and Streams in the Desert, and Daily Light. There's some great classics that have been around for a hundred years or more that have so much depth in them that even one paragraph is so rich with scripture and truth that it can bring me into the presence of God. So those are just some practical ways that I cultivate that relationship with Christ with the busyness of my life. I want to share with you a story as we close here that maybe you've heard before, but it's the story of Sabina Wormbrandt, Richard and Sabina Wormbrandt, who founded Voice of the Martyrs. And this story has always so inspired me of what it means to be fulfilled in Christ. Here was a woman, they were in Romania, she and her husband. Her husband was a pastor. And they were in Romania during the time when communists were taking over their country. And every pastor, every Christian was under so much pressure to blaspheme the name of Christ, to promote a communist message from their pulpits in their churches rather than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she was sitting with her husband in this pastor's convention where every pastor was getting up on the stage and speaking a communist message rather than speaking truth. And it was all done under the banner of Christianity. There were a row of government officials sitting in the front row Ready to arrest anyone who didn't do that. So, pastor after pastor was giving in to the pressure. And she looked over at her husband, who was a pastor who had the ability to speak up about what was going on. And she said to him, Will you not stand up and wipe the shame from the face of Jesus? And he looked at her and he said, If I do that, I'm a dead man. They're going to kill me. And without hesitation, she said to him, I would rather be married to a dead man than to a coward and he needed that kind of boldness. He got up, he spoke truth in that in that moment, in that situation, made an incredible impact, but it led to his imprisonment for over 10 years. It even led to her imprisonment for several years. They didn't even see each other for so many years of their lives. They went through incredible heartache, incredible suffering, but she had her priorities straight. She said, I I can protect my own comforts. I can protect my little happy, comfortable life, keep my husband in my, my comfortable little bubble, or I can stand up and protect the glory of God, even if it means I have to give up this comfortable life of predictability, of having my husband with me at all times. I love my husband, but I love Jesus Christ even more. And God blessed that decision, even though they went through incredible suffering, when they were finally reunited 10 years later. Their love for each other, Richard and Sabina, was even deeper than it had been before he had been imprisoned. Because they had built their lives around Jesus Christ. They had made his glory their highest priority, and he had cultivated their relationship based on their mutual love for him. That story is so inspiring to me about what it means to be fulfilled in Christ. If everything else were stripped away or if it ever came down to a choice, would you be willing to give this up to have Jesus? Are we willing to say, yes, Lord, you are my all in all? When we have that as a foundation, that paves the way for us to live out brave hearted womanhood because our lives are no longer our own. No matter what happens, we know we have everything we need in Jesus Christ. God bless.